Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chat and Chill with Super Hill. I'm your host, Dr. Terrell Hill, and again, we are here with another amazing person from Windsor Public Schools. Today, I have the honor of sitting down with the 2023-2024 Educator of the Year, Ms. Kathleen Stowe. Those are, my, those are my own sound effects. Okay. Welcome to the show. How are you well, doing thank today? I'm well. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You nervous? Uh, no, not at all. Okay. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. She's hardcore. I like that. So let's just get right into it. All right. So Kathleen is, um, as I said, the 2023-2024 Educator of the Year here in Windsor Public Schools. She's already gone on to the, the state level, um, and they've named their person. So we didn't win, but in my heart... She's our person, so no one else matters, although I will say congratulations to the winner. Um, But what does it mean for you to be recognized as the Educator of the Year here in Windsor Public Schools? Well, this is kind of a huge honor because having grown up in Windsor, gone through Windsor Public Schools, uh, yeah, graduate of 1985, um, and then to come back and have my career here and gone through Oliver Ellsworth and then here at Pequannock. My children have grown up here in Windsor, gone through Windsor Public Schools. It just kind of solidifies who I am and where my roots come from. Like I was told everybody, we are Windsor. I I absolutely. So as I've said many times on the show, I've moved my family here um, after working for the district for four years. And so now we've been here um, in the town for... 17 years living in the town, okay. but it's uh, almost 22 years of being, you know, connected to Windsor. I love the town, right? And so there's nothing more exciting to me than to meet um, people who've grown up here and they want to come back and work here. And because I think it makes the job that much easier. Um, I don't have to sell Windsor to people who are from no. Windsor. So like when I hire, I hire at this point, I hire lots of my former students, you know, so... And the people will tell me, it's like, man, can anyone get a job there that didn't, you know, grow up in Windsor? You can. It might be a little tougher for you, but right. I'm absolutely biased. And I say that openly, right? Because who's better to talk about the community than the person who comes from the community? Absolutely. So, well, I remember when I first started teaching, um, and I would sit at the conclave at the beginning of the year, and I could point out more than half the teachers that I had. And then it kind of transitioned to now. No. <laughs> I was like, well, there's some... <laughs> friends, I have their their children, and now the friends are grandparents. And I look out at the conclave, and you're like, you're that teacher I'm now. I'm the older one, <laughs> and I have students sitting in the the stadium, the auditorium with us that I had as students who are working for us now. Who are working for us now as employees. So it just really has has a nice, I want to say like a hometown feel, but it's kind of yeah. come cyclical yeah, of itself. It, and it, and it also lets you know that, you know, we don't take credit for everything with every student, but you played a part, right? So that student's sitting across the auditorium because of some part that you played, right? So at least that's how I, I look at my career when I run into former students. And then you turn around. I was at the um, the football game against Bloomfield, you know, big rivalry. Right. So I was there Saturday. And yes, we beat the brakes off of Bloomfield. <laughs> that was great. But... I ran into like six or seven former students when I was a vice principal mm-hmm. at the high school. So they've all been out of high school now at a minimum of 12 to 15 years. And so I was like, hey, Mr. I was like, I haven't seen you in so long. I, you know, just, so I had to take a picture because. Well, you have to. You know, and to me, that's one kids. of the biggest honors too, is that it's not only the students 
years later want to come up and acknowledge you yeah. and have something to say to you, but their families come up and yes. it's, it's just that connection that you just keep it going and they, they remember something. There's that see, spark that's still there. They lit. did. They did. Oh. But it's not about me. It's like your kids. Are, they did. They're like, are you still? They remember the vice principal. <laughs> it's like, he's like, this new superintendent guy, they don't know. I said, no, shh. This is the nicer political, more political guy. It's like, they lucky, right? <laughs> so you said you started your career when? I know you said 85 for high school, but I'm like, I didn't say 85 for high sure school. She sure did. That was off record. <laughs> I messed up. Listen, I was cheerleader, I was class president, and that was in 85. Um, no, I started teaching, wise guy, in 1992 at Oliver Ellsworth. Okay. So here we are 31 years later. Um, and in some ways, there's been, you know, the pendulum swings. Mm -hmm. the, the curriculum changes, the pendulum swings. Um, and I've always kind of struggled, but in order to make it work, you have to own it, and you have to find that bit and piece that drives you and that you can relate to, then you can hone and you can give it to every child for what they need. I, I love, so I, I won't make her feel terrible. I started my uh, career in education in 1992 as well. So, but what I love about you is that you have this energy. And like this is, you just said it, like you said, the pendulum swings, right? There, I remember things that would come down the pike, you're like, Okay, what conference did these people go to this spring? Because now, you know, when we come back in August, like, this is the newest thing. We're now going to teach every kid, and they're going to write their name on the left side of the paper, right? And you're like, well, what? Who thought of that one? But I would tell my students all the time, let's focus. This is what I have to teach you. This is what they want us to do. We're going to do what we got to do. Because I never wanted to let any little initiative take away my love for what I was doing. Correct. Right. I just love teaching. So it's like, it, it's the newest thing. And you know... Wait a year or two or three. There'll be it's gonna change thing. back. It's right, it'll change back. back. It's a pendulum. That was perfect. Um, what about so? What your educational philosophy? I know we usually ask that as an assignment in school. Oh, they do. So what keeps you going every day? You get up and you're like, okay, this is year thirty-one. I'm going in. He how do you keep that, that out there? How do you keep? I did it on purpose. You caught that? I caught that. <laughs> I caught that. How do you keep that smile and that energy? Because it's the kids. When I walk through the door, I, I can have the best played lesson plans and 10 minutes into the day, they're out the window. It's You have to know the students, you have to know the families, you have to know what's going to make them tick. And I have to kind of think as I'm driving in, right, who's going to need what today? What you know, Am I going to meet them at the door? Are mm -hmm. we going to say, hey, I can tell by the look on your face, morning's not so good. Let's go find a door, throw the bad morning out, let's regroup and start fresh. You know, and it just really is meeting the students, knowing that there's a chance that I may make a difference that day, that when I come in, my energy has to be high. Right. Because if I'm not high and I'm flat, so are they. And so we do a lot of humor. Um, I have a little country picture of um, Kenny Chesney in my room. And yet yeah, you can just simmer down over there. But the kids know who Kenny Chesney is. And if you pick him I up, know Kenny if you pick him up and you hold up that picture, my students will say, "Ah, oh, Kenny," and their little arms <laughs> are flapping. But it's just little things like that. Like it's those little. You quirks. guys cannot see her smile. She's blushing, Laura. So Kenny I, and I have a long out. history. I'm a but no, but pictures of Kenny Chesney. And the kids will the kids will stop and they will give him his recognition. But it's just it's bringing that humor and that love for life and. Um, the kids know at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're going to make a mistake. I'm going to make a mistake. Right. But you have to own it. You have to own it. Um, you know, I always tell them, like, we have a black phone on the wall. And so whatever the struggle is, 
if it's behaviorally, if it's academically, if right. it's, we're going to call and we're going to let our adults at home know because it's not you and I, it's the we. Right. But the black phone doesn't get used just for things that we need. It also gets used for all the celebrations. Right. Um, one of the easiest things now is these cell phones because I can take a quick snapshot. I can send out a text that says, hey, oh my God, like they just finished. A new reading level, you should see the look on their face. And boom, there's the text, there's the picture. And the parent gets it. So that's a win-win at that point. But you also have the parental support at that point. You have the family support. They're with you. They're going to back you. Um, And it does make those trickier situations where you're kind of dreading the phone call of I have to, you know, kind of muddle through this. It makes it easier because the family already trusts you. Without the trust, it's nothing. And so what you're talking about is, in in all seriousness, this is something that I stress um, in my classes that I teach and when I'm out speaking if, if you, you have to build the relationships. If you build the relationships, it changes everything. Absolutely. Right? So, um, and I like the fact that, Kenny Chesney, I like the fact that you you got, you got recognize your own. Now we call it SEL, right? We didn't have that We term. didn't have it then, but that's been like, going on for decades. Oh, you mean, so me building relationships with my students and, you know, recognizing that, you know, Kathleen's not having a good day today. And I like what you said, we go to the door and throw it out. I would stop my classes. I learned this from mentor teachers. I would stop my class. Because when I started off, I was teaching middle school math, seventh grade. God bless you. Uh, yes, Lord. I did two years, and I got paroled. Two years in middle school. <laughs> but, you know, I'd be like, you, you could feel the kids buzzing. You feel the energy. And it sounds like you're out there greeting your kids as well. well so this is something that when you say, you know, being in the hallways as the kids transition, that's, I know it's older grades, or just anywhere you go, Students are talking about, they were just talking about it at our CABE superintendent's conference, you know, this past weekend. They had a two-student panel. They talked about, the, you know, some parent asked the question in the audience, how do we get students to be more motivated and excited about school? And I love the way the student flipped it. He's like, well, we're as motivated as the person that we're walking into their room, right? Mm-hmm. So I could be feeling great. And then I come in your room and you look like, you know, you're down. Now I'm down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of our job, which may not always be written explicitly, is to pump up the day like we're not performers per se but you're coming into i always felt like you were coming into my room my house i was responsible for you that's my veteran teachers told me like you know you may be the best part of these kids day that's absolutely true um and in some ways i think we have it a little easier in elementary school because I have them all day. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about, like, this is room 13. It's our community. We are all together. We talk about the power of, yeah, over and over and over. Right. Um, and this year I was fortunate that I got to loop with them. So you will hear the foundations of what we set last year. And you'll hear them whispering to each other, you can do this. It's that power of, yeah, try again, try again. Right. It's perseverance. You know? And these are big words, but the kids own it. Right. One of the moms actually I text- can't spell it, but we got we it. We got it. One of the moms <laughs> texted me today and she said, um, can you do me a favor? I just want to give him a little pep talk today. She's like, because yesterday I was folding laundry and I just looked at him and said, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of it. I don't even know how to fold this anymore. And his reply to her was, oh, you got this, mom. It's the power of yet. So, you know, when we own it, they own it. And it's just that whole love of learning, love of life that we share with them. I like that. And so in building these relationships as well, and you're a Windsor girl, all right? So I I took away the 92. You're a Windsor girl. How do you, what other things do you do to get connected to the community? So I know it's not all via the black phone. 
and it's not all being no. text. So what else do you do to stay connected to the community? So, um, and we were not going to go into the age, but when the <laughs> when my children were doing um, catechism here, when we were at St. Joseph's, um, I started with my middle son's second grade class, and we transitioned all the way through up to confirmation 10th grade. Um, and they kept coming to me saying, can you do it this year? We're just going to, same kids, can you do it? We started off with nine kids. By the end, I had 19 kids. Um, because a lot of them came in. Um, I was fortunate enough that I had a lot of support because some of them were our students of need and send them. They're going to fit in just fine, and they did all the way through. Um, But it also gave me that avenue of having some difficult conversations with the kids behind closed doors. Like We could talk about church. We could talk about God. We could talk about, you know, the wars were coming up. We could talk about death and dying and, you know what, probably by the time you're in 10th grade, I'm going to tell you that you're going to question who you are, what you are, is there a God, but it was a safe foundation. Does he like math? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. And then, you know, I was always very actively involved in Alex's Lemonade. Um, having been childhood friends with Alex's parents, it just seemed once Alex passed to naturally kind of embrace that. Yeah. And um, Ann Walsh was a huge, like she was just a solid foundation of it all. And we would come in, we'd have lemonade stands, and people used to say to me, well, you can't because you're going to talk about death with a six-year-old. Well, you're absolutely right, I am, because that's life. And I'm going to tell them in a very, just a matter-of-fact way, children die. Not everybody dies when they get sick. But this is what we can do to help, and this is what we're going to do. But the um, back in the day, prior, especially prior to COVID, we used to have stands, and, and I would have kids sign up with me, and we'd go to Stop and Shop, and we would just you know meet different places around just to kind of embrace and celebrate, but it also gives them a transformation outside of the classroom where they could learn about their community and just keep it going. One day, we're probably going to do, um, it'll be a controversial one because everybody likes to say that word. It's very little to me that's controversial, but folks are, that's the, that's the manifestation of society right now, right? When the you said phrase, yeah. talking to a, a, a six-year-old about death and dying, I'm like, they watch cartoons and Characters die in cartoons. They may immediately float up as a little angel. Well, they get their wings right? and they're right. off. That's true. But, you know, but they know it. And I just think sometimes in our society, we are so uh, oblivious to actually what our young people know. They know so much more. Um, I will argue, being an old head, so I'll go back to myself. You know, I graduated high school in 1986. So I'll complain that while kids get information faster than we did, because they have the phone mm-hmm. and you know these supercomputers in their hand, we had to go to a library. They don't really actually understand what to do with all that information. Correct. So I'm like, you have to explain to them, you know, why is this, why is that, and I love you know what you said working with your young people um, through the catechism class. It's like you're going to question a lot of things, right? I used to use the example because I then the rest after my two years when I got paroled from teaching middle school. The rest of my Rolled. career was high school. Middle school was different. I, and those are the kids that find me the most on um, social media. So they're like 43, 44, 45. Okay. And they're like, you're Mr. Hill from Huntington? I'm like, yep. So those are my kids. But it's when I got to high school, you know, I would, I would talk about stuff. And then, you know, the principal would come like, oh, I don't know. That's kind of on the edge. That's kind of, I'm like, we're, we're not talking about anything unlawful. No. Right. I actually I remember uh, my last teaching assignment here in Connecticut was Windsor Locks High School, 
2000 to 2002, and then I came to Windsor High in 2002. Um, and I was the advisor to the uh, Christian club. Okay. Kids were like, you're a Christian. Yep. We want to start a club. We need an advisor, right? So people were all nervous. I'm like, I, I, I read the laws. They get to have any club just like any other club. Absolutely. The only difference is I don't get to lead it, right? I'm the advisor. So I have to be there so that they're not by themselves. They lead the prayer. They lead, you know, the scripture. Mm -hmm. But I could join in the discussion. And I remember initially people were like, ooh, that's not a, like, a violation of separation of church and state. I said, well, my church ain't in the classroom, number one, right? But no, it's not a violation. The Bible can be used as a teaching book in public school. Absolutely. But we go so far, right? And I'll just kind of transition well, it's those us. muddy waters. Yeah. It's the muddy waters that nobody wants to get murked in. And they want to stay away from it, and it makes them feel uncomfortable. But if you don't go beyond your comfort zone, you're not going to do anything. I remember when I had my first same-sex family come to school, and it was behind closed doors. Everyone's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? How are you going to do this? Hello? I'm going to say, so happy to have you. Here's our journey this year. Do I have both of your numbers? What would you like to be called? What, right. what do you mean? Yes, I can ask them, like, what do you get called? What right. you explain to me, let's work through this together. Um, but without those conversations, we don't have an authentic relationship. I used to right. tell the parents when I was at OE, I was down by the preschool rooms near the end. If you're at Stop and Shop, if you're at Target, and you have five extra minutes, I do expect you to drive down through our driveway, come up, wrap on the window, just say hello, because you're going to show your child and the rest of the students that you are invested. Right. It's a community. It's all of us at the same time. So show up. And, and talk about the things. And when you're connected, right, when people, I'll just go back to the muddy for a minute. It only gets muddy because we don't actually have the relationships with folks mm -hmm. that we should have mm -hmm. in many cases. So I found that the, the muddy didn't happen as much when I was teaching in Virginia. That's where I started my career, right? They, 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 it's a, that's the Bible Belt, right? It right. was really different. I'm sure there's some muddy in other ways right now. I'm not there. But if I, got, I spent time getting to know the families, going to homes, right? My principal told me, you will, go, you will visit every single one of these kids on your list before school starts. I didn't have a choice. I did that. You got to know the families. So I got treated more like an uncle big brother than anything else. They're like, if he get out of line, you do what you got to do to get him straight. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. I didn't even have kids then. I'm like, that's not my kid. They're like, I don't care. You a man, he a boy. Like, it just was a different. It was a different. It was yeah, very different. Up. But those lessons learned, I have I've never, not only not forgotten them, I carry them right on the front of my heart and my mind every day. Um, because no, I, you keep all those students with you and their families with you. And and I can see them, right? Mm -hmm. Even the students that came up to me at the football field, like one I hadn't seen in 15 years. And he's like, you know, I said his name, says dad, how's your mom? He's like, whoa. Like, yeah. I, know, I know who you guys are. And it's not like, you, you know, you got to know them because they were bad or good. It's just, you were my students. That's right. Right? I talked about certain games they had played in. They were like, wow. I'm like, I went to everything. Because I felt like this was my community. And I've always you know, felt like students need to see you, like you said, knock on the window. They need to see you away from school. They do. So and when they look up and they're at the, I went to Little League games. You know, as an when they invite you, the Little right. League games, the plays, the It's so the funny. Shows. It's like, yo, he is running to third base again, not first base, first base. You know, but, but that's T-ball. That's, that's the really little ones. Right? And I'm like, I'm there. They look up in the stands and they're like, that's my teacher. 
right? In the grocery store, that's my teacher. He's buying groceries at Food Lion. It's like, he liked to eat, right? It's like, there are things I like to do. But again, I, I still do it. I always take the time to talk. Um, if I'm at Dom's, I love Dom's. It's like a commercial and Dom's right now. you can just sit there. I love Dom's. Now, my family sometimes don't like coming with me because they're like, Dad's going to talk to every Every single person that's there. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a member of the community. I'm the superintendent. I, I got to talk to folks. And and people are respectful. When I say, okay, now I got to eat my grits. They're getting cold. They'll back away. But, well, they do. And I know, think if nice. you establish that line of, okay, so this is where the respect comes in. Like I always tell my parents at the beginning of the year, I'm terrible. I'm still, even though I had typing, we had typewriters then. I had typing back in high school, Windsor High School. ASDF, JKL. That's it. I still am not a quick typist. Eyes on copy? That's well, I it. taught it, and I went to a business high school, so I had to, and I learned it, you know, and then we had manual typewriter, and the second year typing, too, was the mm-hmm. IBM Selectric, you know, with the little ball. The little ball there. Well, and if you had the self-correction yep. on the bottom. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time, that. right? You know we are really dating ourselves on this show. We're going to call this the this old school the show. This of Windsor High School. Listen, <laughs> we go up there for the PD, and I'm like, oh, yeah, so this was English. This was history. And, and you can still hear the same teachers. But the ones that echo through the loudest are the ones that had energy and spirit, and they were invested in you. And you don't have to be. I always tell the kids, like, oh, he's being bad. Well, what is bad? Right. Define bad. You made a bad choice. But we're going to move on. Like, So how do we make a better choice? Because right. if we give them those foundational skills now, they're going to keep going. And they're going to want to exceed and excel and rise above. And they're going to figure out how to get out of the muddy water. I made a bad choice. Right. Take, take ownership. I always tell the kids, take ownership. And this time. is, I don't have to wait. live here with this choice, right? I can move on. And so again, even, you know, I'll do a little side plug with the focus for SEL, which I, it will absolutely be a focus while I'm here. That's all we're talking about. We're not talking about teach your math class or your, your reading class and then do SEL stuff. No, it's, it's incorporated. You're, right. You're teaching them at the same time. It's all intertwined, right? So no, Terrell's not bad because he did this thing. It's a we bad decision. A choice. So Terrell, what were you thinking about, right? Were you what were you feeling before you did that thing? I don't I don't think that's difficult for people to ask. And then you get young people talking about well. No, next time I won't do that. And they'll help other young people. They do. You know, just they like, do. you know, your perseverance. That is funny. I see a little kid say perseverance. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because but, they stumble you know, upon the word. This is the big word. But I they like it. I started last year in the class. This was a hair pulling out session. I was like, oh. Because I think that these were the kiddos that really didn't have a preschool experience. It was still yeah. kind of post-COVID. Different, yeah. How did we get along? It was the tattling. It was the this, that, the other. So I said, this is what we're doing at the end of every day. A couple days a week, we're playing games. And I'm pulling popsicle sticks, and you're getting a random partner, and it may not be your BFF, and it may not be anybody that you like, but you're going to sit, and you are going to learn how to cooperate, how to play this game. Once I teach you, I'm stepping back, and you're on your own. Do yourself. But to watch them as first graders, five, six-year-olds, try to manipulate through everything and make it work because they wanted to play the game, that to them was empowering. Because I said, we're not going to get to the end point of finishing every game, but you're going to figure out. And you don't get to go through life hanging with your best friend all the time. No. And if you're angry, you're angry. Then they realize soon enough if they're going to fight over things, who's going to be red and who's going to be yellow, you're missing three minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. So they're working in teams, the kids playing the game. They got to figure out how to work with others. So how do you do that as an adult? How do do you collaborate and work with colleagues? I am nothing without them. 
Um, I always tell them, like, we're, not, we're our biggest cheerleaders. Like, we're in the trench together. Um, I may be having a bad day, and I may need a, need a minute alone, but I know they have my back, and I have theirs. Um, one of the best ways I've always found to move kids, even, not just academically, but even behaviorally, is to tap in everyone else's resources. Because I may have thought of something one way, but just hearing it from a colleague another way, um, when we're looking at data, when we're looking at how they're doing, well, what are they doing? What's driving this data? Right. What else can we do? How else can we support each other? Because the more recipe cards we share with each other, the better the kids are, the better we are. We, it lightens our load. You can't do it all alone. Um, and it's the same thing with the families. I call them, I know that most people do, I'm sure, at the beginning of the year prior to school. Like This right. is what we're doing. This right. is what, like, when you ask me what do I need, I don't really need tissues and pencils. What I need is your availability. I need your availability to hear me, to hear your child. Um, I'm trusting in you to write back on a sticky note, hey, this went really well, or are you sure that you knew what you were doing here? Please, ask me questions, call me out on it, that's gonna keep me in check. And it's the same thing with our colleagues, when we're together, when we meet and have our collaborative meetings. It's, it's just the mixing pot of everything put in together. Everyone has different experiences. Right. So, I don't need to ask you about your motto, we are a team, because you've just, yeah kind of reemphasize that a few times so unless there was something else you wanted to add to that because you said right away I am nothing without them um, to me having been in the military uh, and worked on various team sports teaching um, banking just all kinds of teams you can't be your best self without your team yeah. right you're There's just no I right you're There's just no you're really and people say it but they say it because it's cliche um, but I love football, right? So I'm, I love the Cowboys. So, but if you watch a game, no I don't care. They're struggling right now, but it's okay, right? Stick That's with okay. your team. You know what? Right? But no one, even though they're, so let's use that, the Patriots. People are clamoring for Brady, right? We miss Brady. We miss Brady. One if, if Brady was on that team right now, you don't really know what you would be getting because you, it's the whole team. And actually, I can say as a true football fan, that's the one thing that uh, Bill Belichick has been great at. For He's a, a phenomenal of, you coach. Know, he can take less talented, we'll just say, and that. put them together, coach them to really play their position to the fullest, mm -hmm. and then Brady as the general of the team would just make or that work. But very rarely do the Patriots have a bunch of superstars on their team. They may have been called superstars later, but they were really like just pieces of a big puzzle. And I think that's part of it, too, when we come into our classrooms. Like, I look at the, the dynamics of what we have and who we have, and you look at all of their unique bits and pieces of what they know, what their likes, what their interests are. But when you put it together, it not only widens their scope, but it makes it a more dynamic classroom yeah. and a school environment for them. So let's muddy the water and go controversial oh, here we go. for Dr. Hill. Hold on tight. It's con Hold on. Hold on. Seatbelt on. Grabbing that table. Please, Can you know, be ready? ensure Can your ready? oxygen mask is on first before you try to you assist anyone else. Right? Mm-hmm. So oxygen, oxygen masks have dropped. We're putting our mask on. So we continue to hear nationally, locally, um, down the street about teacher burnout. Educator burnout. Dr. Hill has a whole bunch of opinions about it. I don't, I'm I not know. saying, you know, people don't get tired and working hard. But what are your thoughts on this? Like, how do we address it? Because just because people talk about something doesn't mean that it's getting addressed. Correct. So I think 
I think if you're if you're doing no matter what your job is, if you're doing it, you're hundred and ten percent every day. And it's not always gonna be hundred and ten percent. But you're gonna have burnout no matter what your job is because that's what you're doing. You're putting your heart and soul into it. Um, I think pre pandemic and I always say everybody pre pandemic and post pandemic, the, there's a difference in the kids. Um, I, during the pandemic I was remote that whole year after. Yep. Twenty six of them. And I thought, what did I just embark on? Like, how am I going to make this work? And I said to the parents, listen, this is not all remote. Like, get the, the digits out of their hands. They need books. They need paper. They need pencil. Right. And we made it work. Um, the, the lift is heavy. But again, that's where you fall back on your team. So you have to be willing and vulnerable to, and, and go into someone and say, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I really need help. I don't understand this. I just really mess this up. And as I always tell my student teachers, guess what? Tomorrow's a new slate. The kids don't know. Go in, you know, bring out your new set of pom poms. Go at it again, and it'll it'll get better. It'll get better. But the there are days I'm not gonna lie where I'm like, oh, it's only Tuesday. And we got 31 years. <laughs> 31 years of that. You keep pushing that in there. Uh, that only means four more years to retirement, and I'm gonna go for mayor. Ask you Don. Go for mayor. Um, Do your thing. That's what I was always tell Don. But I think the burnout is just, you know, and it is, and I'm going to get a little controversial now, so grab your mask. Got my mask on. It's um, You know, the staffing. Mm-hmm. We all have to be there for each other. We're all burnt out. But when we're short-staffed and we don't have enough hands on deck, it muddies the waters a little bit more, and we're trying to scramble, and that's where a lot, you have to have that open communication and say to a colleague, you know what, I, I really need you. Like, wh- what's going on? So how else do we at that point tap into other resources and get more hands on deck? Um, the students post-pandemic, from what I see, from mm. 31 years of experience, it's a different child. Will we get back to where we yeah. were? Absolutely. But are there some holes in foundational things now? Absolutely. Did anybody mean to not tell the children and hold them accountable? No. Well, we I tell we my didn't pick parents, a pandemic, right? We didn't. It's, it's like, oh, shoot. This, <clears throat> I, I can remember clearly because I'm in central office. We're at work, and we're like, wow, this thing is really picking up steam around the globe. You know, okay, well, we're going to have to really pay attention to it. That was like a Friday conversation between Dr. Cook and I uh-huh. and, and the rest of the cabinet. And... I don't know if we made it to that Wednesday. You know, Wednesday, I think, was the, the right? shutdown day. I think everything changed on a Wednesday. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shoot. We, we're really, we're home. Like, we're this really, he and I were like the first two to come back. I hated working from home. I am not that guy. But, you know, it's, the world's different. It is right? different. You couldn't see relatives. You know, it's, the world is so different. And so that does take time. But I'm glad you said what you said because I know a lot of times I've been at conferences the last few years and I'm like, oh, you, you don't understand, you don't care. I'm like, no, it's not, I don't understand, I don't care. I'm like, but I need people to be realistic. There are things in life that are in your control. There are things in your life that aren't in your control. Um, this is when the SEL, right? So being self-aware, right? Absolutely. So I know what I need when I'm giving so much. I have to advocate. And so, right, I have to do what I have to do. Um, one of the things that I can say that I do, um, and I had a corporate friend, you know, pretty high up corporate friend um, um, here in the Hartford area. And she said, oh, I, I text you. We were at a, a black tie affair, you know. Nice. They, were, they were up in the VIP seats, though. And so my wife and I were down on the first floor by the stage. I thought it was a good seat, but it wasn't the VIP. 
And so during the intermission, she came down and said, hey, I was texting you and texting you. You weren't responding. I said, I got my phone in my hand taking pictures. She was texting my work cell. And so it's it's a Saturday evening event. Right. And so most weekends, unless my leaders are going away, right? And so then I know it's only me. But most weekends, my work cell goes on the nightstand next to my bed on Friday evening. Mm-hmm. And it stays untouched until Sunday evening. And the number is forwarded. Like, I can always be reached. Right. So, but what I tell, I've told my leaders, because they're the ones who are most notorious, I was texting you. I don't live by text. I don't mind saying I graduated high school in 86. And I, we used to actually talk to people. Absolutely. So, and when you were in trouble, you said, help, right? Now people, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't believe in that. So if you're texting me, then it's not an emergency. And if you call me, then you're going to get me. Right. Because my phone's going to ring anywhere, right? And I'm going to get it, and I'm going to pick it up, and we're going to handle it. And so it was funny because then her response was, wow. She says, that is truly a healthy decision. And I said, absolutely. Because people feel like they have to always be on. And I tell them, like, if I'm in California at something and you call me and say, hey, or text me, boss, this this school, like, you know, this part of school is on fire. The only thing I can do is say, hey, did y'all get the kids out right? I'm going to think the most obvious stuff. Right. Did you get my kids out, staff out? Nobody's in there, right? Nobody's hurt. Okay, everybody's away from the building, fire department's coming. So, other than me stating the obvious to you, what am I going to do? Well, that's it. I'm not going to fly back home. So, you have to find ways to cut yourself off and recharge. We use the words, but we don't. And I, so my thinking is when I argue about the burnout piece, because burnout is more mental than anything else. You know, and this is coming from the, the woman at UConn who did the research, mm-hmm. right? She has three tenets to what burnout is. And, and it's all internal. So the job is tough. It was tough in 2000. So we can't just say the pandemic. It's, it's a tough job. There are tougher points, as you said a couple of times now, but you have to find a way to recharge and come back the next day and say, well, it's a new day. I had those days. I love when teachers are honest, right? And my students would say, is this a worksheet day? Right? I didn't have a worksheet to give them, but they knew. They were like, it's a worksheet day. And I and I told them, I used to tell them beginning of the year, you might have this three to four times a year, like literally, because I'm always on, but I'm still human. Right. And you so then we would do something, mm-hmm. right, I want you guys to work on this assignment in class today. I can't get up and do my thing. Students, and the high school students, they get to know you, and they're like, as soon as a kid walk in late, they're like, put your pass down, see the assignment on the board, it's a worksheet day. I used that to kind love, opens you know, the the mutual trust with the kids too i'll tell them here like this is and they'll look and they kind of give you that little look like who are you and I remember one of the little girls says to me did did you mean to put your hair up like that today because i wouldn't do it again but it was just it was exhaustion day it was a stroll and go get out of the shower throw the hair up still wet um but you know and those are the things like i can and i share those with the parents and the parents are like oh my god and kill them. No, like well, that is no. honesty. That's the relationship. And I should be able to tell the kids, like, I just need five minutes. But they will also come to me then and say, can I just have a minute? What? I need to walk around the building and I'll come back better. Why is that? So again, like on that burnout piece, right, that I get killed for, that's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, you knew you weren't feeling good when you left the house. 
So don't come to my job, my school, and say, oh, it's because of them kids or my coworkers that I feel like this. You weren't feeling good when you left the shower, right? And, when I, and then the kids, <laughs> did, did you, because I would be that kid, did you mean to do that? Like, was that an accident or did you? Uh, so you thought that was a good hairstyle, right? Do that again. You, but that's when kids, for it me. It was just a bun. It was a messy bun. I thought it was like, okay. It, 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 it is funny, right? Because as a little kid, but you were thinking about that the rest of the day now. Like, I'm like, all right. My, my hair is jacked up and a little kid just told me. But that's, to me, I'm like, you should find your energy in the kids, right? Because they know the days you don't have it. And then, like, what you've been saying is the days I don't have it, they give it to me. Like, they're like, we got you, right? Mr. Stowe, we got you. They don't have to use those words, but that's what but they're they saying. they know it. We got you today. And then when they don't have their day, then you go, okay, I got you today, Terrell. Like, that's, that's all I'm saying. Every day is going to be a, a challenge and there's an ebb and flow. And that is how, but I also think that is how with that ebb and flow, we instill compassion and empathy. Yes. Like we talk in first grade a lot about empathy, like what is empathy? When my mother had passed um, in April, I came in and I just sat there and the kids looked at me and they knew something and they get that eerie, silent. Yeah, she's not right. They yeah. Know she not and right. they looked and I said, I'm going to be okay. And the tears just started. I said, I'm going to be okay. But, you know, grandma's gone and they knew because I was taking care of her. But their resilience to me, and and you know, people are like, did you really mention? How could I not mention it to them? Because this is my reality. They knew every day I was going to their house and get me going. Because even the day that I had my um, interview for the district teacher, um, ten minutes prior to, I had just gotten mom's ashes back, and so there she sat with me. And at the interview, at the interview, and but that's my new reality now. Um, and I have this one little one this year, God love her, Zaria, and she will come up to me and she will say out of the blue, Do you know, mom's just really proud of you and all the work you see, do with kids. us? Kids, kids, and she'll see it in my eyes, and the, you know, the tears start sometimes. And um, she's like, It's okay, it's okay to be sad, but they get it. I I, I want to really stress this piece, and I, and I hope people really hear it. I don't think people in our field and outside of our field, for sure, really understand the blessing that we get coming to a school every day. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've been there losing loved ones and having to just, you know, like in, in, in my Bible, I, I've never hidden I'm a Christian, you know, and when the scripture says stand. Right, like it, you're not, you're not able to do anything else, but just stand because you got to keep coming. Um, you're the boss, you know. So for me, I'm like, it, it's I miss those days. Like I lost my grandmother in the last few years, you know, and I've been the boss. People were very considerate, but there were some days I would sit in my office and go, man, I wish I was teaching right now because I would get the Zaria, and I would need that Zaria in my class and. You know, the kids would say all kind of stuff. The, the closest to that for me is I went through a divorce when I was my, during my last teaching assignment. And there were just some tough days. And I would just, you know, share with my students. They were high school students. And uh, we did this book, because I always broke all the rules. We did this book, Who Moved My Cheese? Right? And it was about change. It's a book I had read years before in grad school. And it's about change, a really simple book, right? Using mice 
to talk about how we adapt and adjust to change or how we don't. And so I was like, this is just a change in life, right? You know, I'm worried about my kids, my two girls, but it's a change in life and, you know, dealing with court and the person that you love, because you don't start hating them. You know, now it's like, you, you know, com- right, way. it's confrontational, you know, and you, you just don't like that piece. And, and the kids would just, like, I would tell you one thing. So they would sneak out of the school, don't know how they ever did it. They would go up on Route 75 from Winslow's High, go get me a bacon, egg, and cheese on a sun-dried tomato bagel, and a large, I was, and a large hazelnut cream and sugar. So there would be some days, I'm teaching, right? But I'm not Terrell, I'm not myself. And no one ever said anything, right? The kid would say, can I go to the bathroom? And I had my system, they just sign out and go, like just because you don't want to interrupt class. So we had a whole system, they would do their thing. And I never thought about them going to the bathroom, right? Because I'm, I'm just doing what I do. 15 minutes later or so, they can walk in. First thing I'm about to say, like, did you fall in? And they just would walk up to my desk, just put on my desk, go sit down, and I would just look. Thank you. And just finish teaching. And that happened, you know, a few times in that year. But I'm like, that's what people don't understand that's why I struggle so much against the whole burnout, you know, I call it coalition because, okay, so if we say we're all burned out, then what? So then what, what do we do? Well, I want, and there are days, I shouldn't even say this on mic, but there are days where I come and I'm thinking, because I have a second job, sometimes I bartend at night, a lot of fun, get the Kenny going, but. Gosh, the Kenny Chesney, I got to find a Kenny Chesney head, uh, a giant one for her, I'm going to find it. You better find out room 13. <laughs> And you wait when you come walking in the door. You after this little podcast, you come down there, and I'm just gonna hold up the sign. Okay. This picture, you will say, because um, now you got me off track here. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can't even she's, remember. She's all flustered, flustered talking about Kenny Chesney. What are we talking about? If I could get him to call my teacher of the year, Laura, let me see what I can work out. I might have some music. Maybe we industry. might have like a private showing. I have some music industry connections. Windsor kids, Windsor alums. Windsor. They are big time in the music industry around the country. Really big. We have a fabulous music program. We have been Karen Rock. This is really going because I don't even think she's Karen Rock anymore, and I'm I'm having a senior moment and slipping her name. But my first grade class sang at my wedding. It was my very first year, 1992-93. They sang at my wedding, and let me tell you, the photographer, right time, right place. When that kiss came, and he just kind of turned sideways, and I can still see. And it was three families that I was really close with. And their little hands are over their mouth, and they're looking and they're like, blushing. Ooh. But they sang, and Karen got them ready. It was amazing. That's, so we have that for me, and we're, and we're going to wrap up on this. Like that's what teaching is, right? It's um, I, I want people to be clear and understand from Dr. Hill, like you know, mostly my staff first, and then people out there around the country who talk about this. I do believe people can get burned out. There's absolutely no doubt of that. Um, but I don't believe that the majority of our folks are burnt out. I believe what they're feeling is they get tired and their energy, you know, it ebbs and flows. Absolutely. You're human. It should. But what we have to do is find the spark, the rejuvenation, um, that balance. The equator. Whatever it is. We have to find. You, you got to find it. I think um, I could get myself in trouble here, so drop those air masks. But, you know, we, we're given curriculums and... The ante's upped. But pick and choose to some degree. Know what your end result should look like. Figure out how you're going to get there and own that piece of it. Yeah. 
So maybe you can put to the wayside a little bit if it's going to help you to not get burnt out, to, to be rejuvenated, to keep it going. And then it'll all work because what you believe in is what the kids are going to believe in. I don't think I have to add anything else to that. So once again, you've got to hear from another amazing person in Windsor Public Schools. And as I always say, I don't know what you think you know about Windsor, but if you didn't know, now you know.